Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today I'd like to talk about blood tests. Now I'm sticking with the theme here. My last episode was on bloating because it's something that I come across quite frequently in my practice as an NHS GP. Blood tests must be very high up on that list as well. So a lot of people come in asking for them. Uh, Some come in because they need to come in for regular monitoring. And I guess out of all the things that people associate with their family doctor, their GP or their primary care provider, blood tests are right up there. That's an enormously broad topic, and anyone who's a medic themselves listening to this will think, what the heck is he thinking? Because where do you even start? And obviously I can't run through every single one, but blood tests are interesting for lots of reasons. The ancient Greeks used to let blood because they thought it might cure disease. And in more recent years, in the 18th century, with the evolution of clinical chemistry, I guess, or biochemistry and being able to use microscopes, blood testing became more useful as an adjunct to examining a patient to let you know what was going on. So very simply, the most basic blood test I think most clinicians will agree is called a full blood count, and it's made up of three components. It's actually made up of lots more, but there are three basic components. One is your haemoglobin, the second is your white cell count, and the third is your platelet count. So your haemoglobin essentially tells you how much ability you have to carry oxygen around the body. Um, People often think of it as your iron count. It's not quite the same thing, but if you have low iron, then you might have a low haemoglobin, hence anemia. And just to give you an idea of someone who's got a low haemoglobin, if if my haemoglobin is 140 and my neighbour's is 70, his or her heart will have to work twice as hard to pump blood to their tissues. And so they may have a a high heart rate, for example, or feel tired. And that's what happens with anemia. So that's haemoglobin. There's a lot more to it than that. But the white cell count is the second element. And that is raised in infection. So if you get sent to hospital for something, um, one of the things that often is raised if you're septic or if you've got a nasty infection will be your white cell count and the third one is your platelet count and platelets effectively clump together and help your blood clot so if you're bruising into your skin as I did um, about 20 years ago when I was traveling through Thailand and Malaysia with dengue fever which eats away at your platelet, something called dengue hemorrhagic fever so I'd obviously had it twice Uh, I had a platelet count of 10 and the normal range is about 150 to 400 or 450 Uh, so I was bleeding into my skin pretty scary so that's a full blood count and when you hear that on episodes of casualty or any kind of hospital drama in America they call it a CBC a complete blood count that's what they're talking about so in conjunction with a full blood count or a CBC or an FBC You'll often hear people ordering U's and E's, urea and electrolytes, and this gives us a measure of someone's salts, what their kidneys are doing, and what their salt balance in their blood is like. Very useful if you're on blood pressure tablets or you're on medication that can deplete you of salt. Or if you're dehydrated, um, 
true dehydration is is a chemical thing so people often think of it as not having enough water but actually if you're dehydrated from something like diarrhea water will not rehydrate you you need a mixture of salt and sugar and water and the third sort of common blood test that's ordered along with those two are called lfts or liver function tests fascinating and I remember years ago in my chemical pathology book struggling to come to terms with the different patterns of liver function because one pattern means that you've got gallstones, another one means you've got liver damage or fatty liver and really interesting. Um, Nowadays we tend to use them if people are on certain drugs for monitoring, you know, like epilepsy drugs or antifungals or statins for cholesterol. And, you know, the liver is a really important organ because it helps us effectively detoxify and there's phase one and phase two detoxification in the liver and occasionally you get people who have liver function tests that are slightly out but there's no obvious reason so they don't drink alcohol they don't have any kind of liver disease Um, and that's a bit of a mystery and I don't know whether that's because they have poor detoxification or it's genetic or occasionally these quirks like something called Gilbert's syndrome where people have a high bilirubin which is like a bile breakdown product. And if you get a very high bilirubin, you become jaundiced, which is when the skin starts to look yellow. And there are so many causes for that. So those are the first three basic kind of blood tests, FBC, Usenes, LFTs. And um, my friend Sinetra Sarka, who was in casualty for many years, uh, the programme that is on you know saturday night on bbc one isn't it great if you're on something that's prime time although i'm not even sure there is such a thing anymore because people watch what they want when they want but she used to rehearse these um so that she could sound really doctor like it's quite funny then i'd guess the next most common ones are something called hba1c which is a measure of what your blood glucose control has been like over a three-month period um So really sort of how much glucose is attached to your red blood cells. And the next one, um, actually before I move on from HbA1c, it's an important one. We're finding more and more people are becoming pre-diabetic. And glycation generally is not a good thing, you know, when sugar sort of um, levels are high. So I see a lot of people with generally achy joints but nothing abnormal comes up on their blood test apart from the fact that they have prediabetes and that's because their joints are beginning to become glycated. Um, Just an interesting point there. And the next one is something called thyroid function. Um, So an underactive thyroid is something that affects women nine times more often than it does men. Uh, And it can present with feeling really sluggish, putting on weight, feeling cold all the time, runs quite strongly in families. And we tend to check this in anyone with those symptoms but also for people who are tired all the time or have any kind of family history of thyroid conditions then there are what i call you know not luxury blood tests but ones that we don't always do maybe we should do but it's well debatable really because of of the cost implication vitamin b12 really important so vitamin b12 deficiency can present in really nebulous ways and is often underdiagnosed. So that's one that I tend to test quite a lot, along with vitamin D. And vitamin D, um, really important, 
NICE guidance says that most people should be supplementing with it now, uh, particularly in winter months. And one in four people have a genetic mutation, which means that they need very high doses to keep their levels up. So, so far, what have we got? Full blood count, use and ease, LFTs, TFTs, or thyroid function, uh, HbA1c, B12, vitamin D. Now, there are other specialist blood tests, but you, you wouldn't do them routinely. So recently I've done one for Epstein-Barr virus, which is glandular fever, because someone had raised lymph nodes and night sweats, and they were really, really fatigued. And then there are autoimmune um, screening tests which test for antibodies in the blood for conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or celiac disease um, they take a while to come back sometimes but again in the last 30 years the amount of things that you can test for in the blood is staggering and increasing day by day one thing I hear quite often um, people often on the phone as a oh by the way while I've got you uh, will say oh do you know I don't know what blood group I am and it's 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 funny because the only time you you definitely find out is if you were very ill in hospital and needed cross-matching so they needed to sort of group your blood to make sure they've got enough to give you if you needed a transfusion or if you're pregnant and that's because uh, there is something called the he something called hemolytic disease of the newborn which is an antibody transfusion between mum and baby and that is, is something that needs a, needs to be avoided so it's very important for that as well as blood loss of course which can happen um, during and after delivery and um, it, it, it is strange isn't it it's one of those things you think well I should surely know what blood group I am I, I, I don't actually know what I am so yeah an interesting one and the ethics around that are quite interesting and whether that's something that we all have a right to know don't know tricky one and my last thought on this is that there are limitations to blood tests so people often come in feeling not great and their bloods are normal or it throws something else up like high cholesterol that's got nothing to do with how you feel and that's the thing blood tests sometimes give clinicians a clue as to what's going on but not always now, in terms of what's going on in terms of trends, we get asked a lot about allergy tests. And if you listen to my last episode on bloating, um, I mentioned something called IgG testing, which we don't do in the NHS. And a lot of allergists are really against it because they think it's going looking for trouble. But if you're reacting to something and it's not life-threatening, it's not a life-threatening allergy, and actually it's only those true allergies that NHS tests can pick up. And in other episodes of this podcast you, you'll hear me talk about something called non-IgE cow's milk protein allergy which is a non-life-threatening reaction to milk a lot of children have it these days you know they tend to have eczema bloating or constipation or reflux symptoms which disappear when you take milk away and there's no blood test for that that's the point so yeah Anyway, there you go. That's a whistle-stop tour of blood tests. I hope that was useful. Um, I know I'm speaking really quickly. I'm just trying to give you something that's sharp, short, snappy, useful. And I know that a couple of my listeners will be making notes on this and the last episode because they've contacted me on social media saying that they, they have to do that to get it into their head. But that's not always a bad thing. I'm, I'm making notes at the moment on a course I'm doing for the first time because it's just so absorbing. 
Anyway, I hope that was useful. Um, let me know whether you've had good, bad, or interesting experiences with blood testing. And until next time, do take care, stay well, look after yourself. Bye for now. <laughs>